Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. Good to have you in here live on a Monday. We'll take you up until 10 o'clock today. Hand it off to Darren, Donick, and Chase. They are coming up in less than one hour. And we, right now we welcome in Darren McFarland of Darren, Donick, and Chase. And of course, the Predators Radio Network. DMAC, happy Monday. How you doing? Happy Monday to you guys. How's everything going? Everything is good. I mean, what do we have to complain about? 4-0 weekend, Titans, Vols, Preds, Nashville SC, everybody TSU. did their job. Much welcomed, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, I said we talked Preds around 745 this morning, and I said win of the season so far against Tampa through 11 games. No Duchesne, no Forsberg. You're on your backup goaltender in Saturday's game with UC Soros. You got multiple power play goals. Would you agree? Game of the year so far, win of the year for the Preds? I think what separates it from the win in Vegas is what you just said there at the very beginning. To not have 9 and 95, right? Deshane and Forsberg are your best weapons on offense. And not to have them in the lineup and still beat a Tampa team, a Tampa team that had a historic regular season. By the, by the way, what, what it, you know, we always talk about the negative with can't explain, scratching our head, why can't the – Predators beat the Red Wings. Why can't they beat the Coyotes? Why, you know, why do they have these struggles against these teams? It makes no sense. How about the fact that the Predators have just flat out owned Tampa? And, and Tampa has been really, really good, as we all know, in this window. That's the fourth straight win down there. They swept them last year in regular season. They may have been the only team to beat them twice in regulation last season. The Predators did that. So for whatever reason, they're probably scratching their head. Why do the Predators own us? although it's two really good teams. But to your point, the Vegas win, in my mind, that, that was just the complete game they were looking for. That was a really good win. But you're right, without Forsberg, without Duchesne, and just the fashion to come back and win, Roman Yossi to tie it up late in the game, and then Ryan Ellis to win it in overtime. Yeah, and two power play goals, essentially three power play goals, because in overtime that power play had just, expired so it could have been three power play goals in the win in tampa so yeah i'd probably slide over to your side and agree that uh, to this point 11 games in it's the best win of the year and, and i think in part because of how they played on defense you see soros they played a finally sort of a complete game in front of him what did you make of the defense on saturday night well, it was very good, is your point Braden. and they they talked look they have actively talked about it they talked about it again after the game, they know they have to be better. UC Saros and Pecorino going back to the Predators against Tampa. It's impressive how those two goaltenders have been against the Lightning in their careers. Pekka's 9-0-1 in his career versus Tampa, and they didn't start him. Just think about that notion for a minute. And Pekka's just coming off a shutout on Thursday night. He's 9-0-1 against the team career-wise, and he didn't start. Well, UC Saros after this wins 2-0-1 against Tampa. Neither one of these goaltenders have lost in regulation to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, uh, yes, the defense was good. Uh, I think it goes back to, you know, a guy like Dante Fabro, who is just every game you would hope and suspect, especially the way everybody talks about him, he's just going to get better game by game. And, uh, yeah, they were more responsible in front of him, and it paid off. DMAC, earlier this morning, I professed my love on the air for Dan Lambert. I am officially, he's, got, he's officially man crush material when you've got the power play playing the way it is right now, 22%. I know it's only 14th in the NHL, but compared to last year, I will take that every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. 
it, I guess sometimes, you know, it just it just comes down to a different set of eyes, a different voice. I mean, I know, you know, from a schematic standpoint, they want to move the puck more. They want to get pucks on that. And the, there's certainly a different approach to the power play this year. But can you speak a little bit on, on Dan Lambert? Was it just simply a different voice in that dressing room? Nick, what does that entail, you having a man crush on somebody? Is that like, a, do you have a poster now? Do you, what, what does that mean? I, I, I can tell you, I can tell you, Darren, he sends tweets from the toilet. I actually <laughs> tweeted Dan Lambert from the bathroom this morning yeah, yeah. and said, thank you, sir. Toilet tweeting. May well, I have another? <laughs> I don't believe I've ever received a tweet uh, from the toilet from Nick, so clearly he does not have a man crush. Not that you, not, th- not that you know of. Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't know. know that. He, he may have sent many. You don't know. So do you, so do you confess that, hey, this tweet is from the toilet? Like, yes, how do, 100%. How and as long as, he ke- as long as he keeps us at 22%, I'll tweet him from the toilet for the rest of the year. <laughs> this is why I love coming on with you guys on Mondays. I learn something new every week, and I just learn something new. Uh, to, to your question, I think the one thing that the, the, the reoccurring theme that I keep getting from the players is because they know, right? I'm not, I'm not around Dan Lambert. Uh, you know, they're, they're behind the walls around him day in and day out. They all say he's really positive, positive reinforcement. I mean, Nick Benino came up to Barrel House after, uh, I think it was Tuesday's game uh, last week after the win and over Anaheim, and he told the story about how he had a rough go of it in uh, the game prior to that. And Nick was down on himself, and Dan Lambert the next day at Morning Skate pulled him over, and, you know, it's what players expect, right? The coach is going to kind of say, you know, what, kind of give it to him a little bit, like, what what happened there? And, and he said it was just the opposite, and Lambert was just building him up. And, I mean, Nick Benino's a veteran of the game. I mean, he's the guy who knows hockey and has been in very, very, a lot of important games over the years. And, uh, you know, and he did just the opposite, and that, that rubs off on players. I mean, I'm sure Dines can, can speak on that. Just It affects everybody differently. But I just keep getting the theme that he's constantly building up and just positive reinforcement. And then, of course, educating them with the tools. I mean, let's all be honest. We're all of our eyes see that it looks different. It certainly feels different with the statistics, as you mentioned, up 17 spots from last year where they finished. They already have nine power play goals. But we all can see that it's different. I mean, we, we've seen that he's already touched this power play and changed the mentality, changed kind of their approach. But I think a little bit behind the scenes, to build the curtain, I, I keep getting that it's kind of the, the positive reinforcement from Dan Lambert that uh, seems to be working as well. And maybe that's what they needed because we know Peter last year said he tried just about everything um, to get the power play going. And for some reason it didn't. But then you got an outside voice comes in and – and lo and behold, this team go from last to middle of the pack. And I think that's a big accomplishment if it continues to bear out that way um, as the season goes on. You go from last to middle of the pack. I think that's a huge improvement um, in, in that one particular um, area of your team. Um, now, the Western Conference is central. It, it, real quick, Darren, uh-huh. isn't it like our kids, right? We've all, like, coached our kids. And at some point, like, if they've heard the same voice, like there's times mm-hmm. when you realize you need to step away and let somebody else, even if they're delivering basically essentially the same message, but it's just a different voice. It's someone different. It changes the message, doesn't it? I mean, I, oh, I think course. that's kind of the same thing. Really. Of course. That's why it's so hard for people to coach their own kids because after a while, the message to them 
you know, becomes, you know, mute. But then that same message can come from someone else. And all of a sudden they hear it totally differently. Um, so you you may be right on that one um, as far as Lambert coming in and, and same message, but a different voice. Um, the central. Um, do you think this is going to turn out to be the toughest um, division in hockey um, right now? Every all the teams are pretty much bundled up, but it's that way throughout the NHL, period. But at the end, do you think the Central is going to be one of the toughest, if not the toughest? Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, we've we've talked about this, unfortunately, for years. It's continued to be uh, the toughest or one of the toughest in the league. Of course, you know, when you stack up uh, Boston and Tampa and Toronto, that that's a pretty nasty one, two, three punch as well over in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think right now we can see that Minnesota probably is going to struggle this year. They don't look like they're a very good team. I, I don't really see them getting that turned around, which is not going to surprise anybody. Winnipeg is struggling. Uh, Elliot Friedman came on Thursday and said Dustin Bufflin, maybe next month he returns. They clearly need him back. They don't look like the same team either. doesn't mean that they're, they're not a threat and you can throw them to the side of the the curve, but no, they don't look the same and it doesn't feel the same, but we know Colorado's good. We know the Predators are good. Dallas will get things going, and uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's St. Louis is the defending Stanley Cup champ, so there's no doubt. It's going to be another tough road, and uh, I think everybody expected that, and look, it's been a tough road, and they've won back-to-back division titles, so they'll have their work cut out of, uh, uh, out of it uh, to win it again, but they're certainly capable of doing it, especially after what you guys just brought up. I think you can see, as we talked about, it's head-scratching when you lose the teams you should beat, but look at the wins that they have, beating the Capitals, beating Vegas, beating the Sharks, beating Tampa, and two of those on the road. I mean, that's that to me is more impressive than head-scratching losses to the Coyotes and, and the Red Wings and teams like that, the Panthers, which, you know, I think the Panthers and Coyotes may be a little bit better than everybody thinks, but me, that's what's more impressive. So they've already, through 11 games, shown that they, they stack up and make them play with the best in the league. DMAC, always a pleasure. We will see you in about 45 minutes. Sounds good, guys. Always a pleasure. You got it. Thank you. Darren McFarland coming up as a part of Darren Donick and Chase today at 10 o'clock here on 102.5 The Game. We will come back, open up the phones, 615-737-1025. If you want to jump back in on the Titans, the Vols, the Preds, Nashville SC, Great weekend to be a Nashville sports fan. We'll get back into all of that coming up next here on Morning Drive. It's a great time and an important time to get your house checked up right now before the weather gets super, super cold and all of a sudden you know, your furnace, your heater, or whatever you've got warming your house is working overtime because it start, the temperature starts to drop. That means you need to get your house checked out now. And Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, of course, are the great people you need to give a call. SpringHillAC.com is the website. Proud sponsor of Smashville Live. By the way, Ryan Johansson, Colton Sisson's coming up this week. So Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, always a proud sponsor and, and proud to be a part of what the National Predators are doing. Um, and they're proud to be a part of your lifestyle, taking care of your home. Again, join the Comfort Club. You get two checkups per year, once in the spring and once in the fall, right now, so that before your house starts working overtime, when it gets really cold, Everything is running smoothly. You want it all to be checked out. You want it all to be, the diagnostics need to be run so everything's running smoothly. It'll save you money. It'll create efficiency in your bill, so it'll save you money in the short term. But it also could protect from a long-term giant, you know, big repair that's unexpected. You know, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling is a great emergency plan, but they're, all, they're also a great prevention plan. 
So Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, it's why, my not, it's why my family's not using anybody else anymore. We're not using the other guys. We're only using Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Join the Comfort Club. they got great financing options. Two decades of experience in, in Middle Tennessee. They've opened up a second office in, in Dixon there uh, on Highway 100 south of Dixon so they can, they can handle more customer base because you've rewarded them with your business for 20 years. So check them out, springhillac.com. Springhillac.com is the website. Tell them Braden sent you. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Don't trust your home with anybody else. 918, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025 The Game. We will go around the NFL coming up at the bottom of the hour, the big finish at 945. Uh, back to the Titans yesterday, Nissan Stadium. Before the game, our very own Derek Mason, along with Chris Johnson, uh, honored as, what I guess we'll call it, dueling 12th men. Is that the best way to describe it? Six and six. He was six. Half, half men. How, how'd that go? Half men. They, those, uh, both sound together, like, those both sound like insults. Together, six we and, were, six and six is we like were a bad, the 12th man. <laughs> six and six is like a bad college football team. And, and, so and Jimmy, and Jimmy Pruitt would kill for six and you're and six. only half a man. I feel like you've just insulted uh, both yourself no, and together, Chris Johnson. On offense, we won six games, and on defense, we won six games. So ultimately, we won twelve. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. So, well, what, what was it like offense. yesterday? Oh, it was cool. No, no, it was cool. Um, you know, they honored uh, really Chris Johnson for his two thousand season that night oh nine year. Um, where Kevin, he rushed Kevin Mawai, right? Was uh, the center? Yeah, I think Kevin Mawai. They had a really good offensive line, you know, with the with the addition of Kevin Mawai. They had a really good offensive line that year, and he was one of only what four back, four or five backs in NFL history that have rushed for two thousand yards. Um, it might have been more than that because you got Walt, not Walter Payton, but you got Barry Sanders that did it. Uh, O.J. Eric Dickerson. Uh, Jamal Lewis, uh, who else went over 2,000? There was another back in there. Uh, Barry Sanders has gone over 2,000 twice. Adrian yeah, Peterson did Adrian it once. Peterson. Um, um, so there's like a handful of back that, that have went Hello, over 2,000 yards. Um, and he's one of those backs, so he will always, you know, go down in NFL history. As did, I miss, did I miss one? There's Adrian the, Peterson, Barry Sanders, There's maybe Simpson, like seven backs that have went over 2,000 yards. Chris Johnson. Yards. Jamal Terrell, Lewis. Terrell, Terrell Davis and yeah. Jamal Lewis. That's six at least. Six. We might be missing one. I think it's seven times. I think Sean Barry, Alexander? Did Barry, Barry did no, it twice. No, Sean Alexander got 1,900. Barry did it twice, I think. Uh-huh. Right? I think Sean Alexander got the, the year he won MVP. Tomlinson? I don't think Tomlinson ever got to 2,000 Well, Sean yards. Alexander had like 27 or 28 touchdowns. Yeah. Well, yeah no, Alexander year, set the touchdown record that yeah, LT then came back the, and broke. Yeah, but the year he won MVP... He rushed for like eighteen hundred yards, eighteen nine hundred yards. Give me like two seconds. Give me like two seconds. Did I hear this correctly? The way you phrased it, it was more about Chris Johnson than you. I think it was, and I didn't mind. Do I need to get mad at the Titans about this? No, no. The all-time leading receiver, and you were like a throw-in. And no, I don't think it. I think they. I'll blow a snack if you need me to. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I think they wanted to make both of us. You know, they wanted to do it, but then they honored the. The old nine team with Chris Johnson rushed for two thousand yards. I didn't take it as a slight to me. Um, you know, it was I, that's the first time I've been. You know, well, the second time uh, <laughs> I've been able to be on the field with a two thousand yard rusher, like so, on the same team, Jamal Lewis, Jamal Lewis. But I wasn't there. But then I got a chance to play with them. Um, and now, you know, um, Chris Johnson and I, we didn't we, play a game, but we walked on the field together. <laughs> so. We of course whiffed on the single season all time leading rusher in NFL history. 
Uh, Walter Payton? Uh, no, no, Bears it, that. Eric, Eric. Eric Dickerson. So Eric Dickerson, number one all time, 2,105 yards. No, Adrian, we didn't. I said uh, Eric oh, you Dickerson. Did? Yeah, okay, I said Eric Dickerson. Thank, thank God one yeah. of us did. Um, so Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson, number two. Jamal Lewis, number three. Barry Sanders, number four. Terrell Davis, five. Chris Johnson, six. O.J. Simpson, seven. Earl Campbell in 1980 for the Houston Oilers, of course, was like 65 yards short. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? Amon Green is number nine with Barry Sanders at 1,883 yards. Uh, and then Sean Alexander had 1880. Yeah, okay, um, right there. And then there's a bunch of you know Jim Brown, Tiki Barber, Ricky Williams, Walter Payton. So he's in on. he's in a you know that's that's pretty rare class, rarefied air. You know of backs that have rushed for 2,000 yards because that's hard to do, especially in this league now where passing is a premium. It's hard to do. Um, so kudos to Chris Johnson and you know kudos to the Titans for honoring him, allowing me to be the 12th man, but then honoring that 09 team. And the two thousand and the nineteen ninety nine team because it was twenty years that the team that that ninety nine team went to the Super Bowl. So this twenty year anniversary. So I asked you. I think this was Friday, Nick, when you were out, and I, I asked him. I said, "Do you think you could go out there and, and play quarterback for Alabama this week and beat Arkansas?" And mm-hmm. and you're literally within a half a second, you had like PTSD. Oh yeah, and you and you uh, were like, "Oh my god, I got a headache!" Like oh, immediately. Yeah. Is it this? Is it? Is there still similar? Like, what's your emotional reaction when you're on a field and you look up at a stadium full of people? There has to be part of you that misses sort of what comes along with being on the field as an NFL player. But does is there any part of you that also remembers all the pain? Like as you're standing out there at 46 years old and your body, you know, you've had multiple shoulder surgeries and knee issues and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know what? I don't because I've always I've been a weird guy when it comes to crowds and you know stuff like that I really don't like crowds and a bunch of people in one space even in the stadium when you're playing you kind of block it all out so it's just you and the team it's just y'all but a lot of great memories yeah a lot of great memories I mean Titan fans were wonderful um the years I was um I was there Uh, but you know I don't I miss Monday through Friday. That's what I miss. You know, the games were the games. I mean, you go out there, you got a job to do. And, so you're like the anti Allen Iverson. Yeah. <laughs> Iverson hated practice, loved the games. You'd love the preparation and well, the process. Exactly. And, and Monday, Sunday was just like a bonus? Because you knew in a game you had to go out there and perform. And it was it was either win or lose. More stressful? You yeah, stress. Sure. Yeah. And in practice, it was those moments where everybody could be themselves. And there was no cameras around. At least, you know, they were there for the first, you know, 20 minutes. But then they were gone. And it's just you and the fellas. And y'all, it, y'all, you just were able to be yourself. And you were able to just go out there and make each other better. So, I don't – the games were the games. And, and we've had some great games. But, I, you know, the, the part that I did miss was the practice. But now – I, honestly, I don't miss none of it. I mean, not even and, that adrenaline rush. No, I don't. I, when I say, Bray, it, when I told you that last week, that is true. Yeah. It is real serious. Yeah. When I watch the game, I think I told TD this too um, yesterday. I'm like, I don't know how I did it and why I did it. When I watch it now, I get a headache watching it, man, because it's like, why? And, and, and yeah, I get a, and I get a headache great. watching Arthur Smith, yeah. too. It's great that what these guys are doing, and only a select few can do this at this level. But I watch it now, Dude, it's, and I'm it's, like... 
They're car, I, they're yeah. car accidents, man. I'm just I mean, like, I, I don't know how I did it. It's seriously, it gives me, that's the only yeah. time I truly get well, a you, headache. You, you did it because you're, you're an alpha male that loves competition. And the paycheck was pretty damn good. That's oh, why yeah. you did it. Paycheck, oh, yeah, the paycheck, paycheck was great. It was great. I mean, listen, what that's other why place it. can you get that type of money? Right. Brett, you know? Kern, Brett Kern was in a car accident yesterday. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's what Devin White did do. And, and it's not, like, listen, that's an unusual circumstance. Mm-hmm. But it happens every play for linebackers and offensive guards exactly. and running backs. And, I, I mean, I, I can't – I was watching I, – I can't remember which game I was watching on mm-hmm. Saturday night. I think it might have been um, – I don't think it was Notre Dame-Michigan. But I, I just – I was watching football on Saturday night, and I'm just going, I don't know how quarterbacks don't have torn up knees and ankles mm-hmm. on every game. I, I don't know how they do it. Like, the the way you get twisted around, or maybe it was Joe Burrow. It was Joe, it was the LSU Auburn game. Uh-huh. And Joe Burrow took a weird hit where, like, Derek. Oh, his knee. Yeah, like, Derek yeah. Brown hit him in the knee, and then it came back a couple plays later and got twisted to the ground on a sack. And I'm going, I don't know how quarterbacks have two functioning legs yeah. at the end of any season at, at, in Power 5 football or the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I know they're more protected in the NFL, but I just don't know how people do it. And and to suggest, I, I realize that science is very, you know, it's it's unconfirmed one way or the other. I, I just know common sense is that if you run full speed with your head into a brick wall over and over again for 10 years, mm-hmm. you're probably going to sustain some semblance. There's going to be an impact on your body. Exactly. Somehow, in, in, somewhere. In somehow, somewhere. Everybody's body's different. I know that. I know the science is out sort of on, on all this stuff. I just, I just, if you've ever stood on the sidelines of an NFL game and heard the contact, you will change your opinion on, on football as a sport. You'll just go, oh my God. Like, th- this is, like, go stand on a, like, I, I stood on the sideline of, a, of an Ohio State Alabama game. Mm-hmm. And, and this was the Sugar Bowl in 2014, not to bring up a bad memory for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just, I remember standing on the sideline watching Derrick Henry run into Joey Bosa. And I'm just going, oh my God. Like, and this is just college. These yeah. are half, most of those guys were never going to play in the NFL. The game was slower than it is in the NFL, and I'm just going, holy smokes! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, well, that's why I'm glad my son decided not to play anymore. But I, I mean, it's why my daughter, it's why my wife's happy we had yeah, daughters. I don't, you know, for those who still have their kids playing, that's great. I mean, you know, your kid got a talent and and, and use it, and 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 I just pray that they're safe and they don't have any long term, you know, health problems playing playing a game of football. But when my son and my son decided not to play, I was happy. I was like, good, man, good, because you, as a parent, that's the fear. Yes, your son get hurt. It can be a freak play or a fluke play, and your son can get hurt. And it's like, man. So when he decided, I was like, great, you know. But seriously, when I watch games, man, it's like my head immediately start hurting. Big finish coming up at nine forty-five. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League here on Morning Drive. It is Morning Drive back in here, nine thirty-three live on a Monday edition. The big finish coming up at nine forty-five as we go around the National Football League. Marquise Hollywood Munson at the Wheels of Steel. What do we got this week from the league? Yeah, it's a great um, privilege to to coach this team and to coach the guys that I've coached throughout my career. Um, Fortunately, I didn't play in any of those games. That's a good thing for us. Uh, but I've had a lot of good players, a lot of great players. And, you know, they're the ones that win the games. And uh, I've had a lot of great assistant coaches um, on my staff through, um, you know, wins at Cleveland and, and certainly here. So, um, you know, I was a part of those. But, you know, honestly, the players players win games in this league. And 
I've been fortunate. I've coached a lot of great ones. Wow, that's the longest Bill Belichick answer I've ever gotten. But mm-hmm. Bill Belichick wins his 300th game after beating the Browns 27-13. to And it's kind of crazy watching that game and the differences of coaches because we see mm-hmm. how clueless Freddie Kitchens is as a coach Yikes. so far in his yeah. first year. Roll Tide. And then we also see you know, Bill Belichick getting that 300th win of his career. So kind of, kind of talk about basically your schedule. What else do you say about Bill Belichick? But yeah, just his career and then just the demise of this Browns team that, you know, quite frankly, he coached. So. Well, he, yeah, he coached that team to a and, spot, right? football, and then they fired him. Um, he kind of threw a funny in there. Um, it probably went over everybody's head when he said, luckily, he wasn't playing. Um, but he started his coaching tenure in 75, Baltimore Colts, 76, the Lions. Through 77, then 78, Denver, 79, Giants. We're just going to read the whole resume? Yeah. And then he won a Super Bowl <laughs> with the Giants. This is a, that this that has, was his best this coaching. Long, this is how long he's been in the league. I mean, but he's only been a head coach. He started his head coach tenure in 91, and he since then he's been arguably the best coach in all of football. His defensive coordinating of the Giants against the fun and gun Kelly Bills in that Super Bowl is arguably his best performance. Mm. He's been great, obviously, for the Patriots. But yeah. that that and that's three hundred combined wins. That includes the playoffs. Only Don Shula and George Hallis have more in the NFL. I, again, what else do you say? So the Cleveland Browns said Bill Belichick's not good enough. We're going to fire him. That, that, that just speaks on the Browns. Yeah, typical Browns. Although stuff. they were technically like typical Browns, they were not stuff. an existing franchise, right? Like they, huh? he was there, and then they weren't a franchise anymore. Right? Oh, because yeah, they became they, the Ravens. Yeah, they came, right, became so there the wasn't Ravens. a Cleveland Browns franchise. I don't believe. I don't know when he got fired. Well, he got fired right before they went to Baltimore. He got fired right before right. they went to Baltimore. So he would have, so had they the kept him on, thing. he would have been the Baltimore Ravens head coach. Um, had they kept it, hire uh, Marcha Brony, I believe, um, to coach that team. And he went and... Would you just call me? <laughs> Ted, uh, Ted, Ted, Ted Marcha Brony, yeah. 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 Um, and then he left there and <laughs> went to the Patriots, <laughs> where he coached for a year at the Patriots and then got fired. And then he came back as a Patriot coach. What was it? The Jets, right? Yeah, for the one... Jets in between, yeah. Golly, what a weird... Yeah. Yeah, the 30 for 30 with him and Parcells is worth watching. Yeah, because he was there watching. with Parcells in yeah. 96. He learned everything from Parcells. First and goal at the nine. Thomas breaks one. They take him into the end zone with Peterson on his back. That is a nine-yard touchdown pass, and the Saints have captured this one. Drew Brees returns. Drew Brees, 373 yards, passing three touchdowns, and probably going to be the last we see of Teddy Bridgewater, obviously, for a while. But in that game, in that stretch that Teddy Bridgewater had to fill in for the Saints, I mean, it's honestly, you got to say that he – May be the hottest free agent at quarterback this year with, did his with job. Marcus and with did they James lose? Did, did they lose a game? They had one loss with Drew Brees, right? I think Bridgewater yeah, was undefeated. Well, well typically the yeah. game that the game that they lost in that time span was the game that Drew Brees got hurt. So they count that as a Drew Brees loss because he was the starter right. in that game. So Teddy Bridgewater did not lose a game at all as a starter. So that has to make him pretty much the He's hottest. He's not going nowhere. They're going to pay you know, him. They, they, they believe Drew Brees got maybe Hill's a not, year or two. Taysom Hill's not yeah. the answer. And they're going to pay him 
they're going to try to pay him. Let's say that they're going to try to pay him a lot of money. If he wants twenty to, million, though, you know, to be the backup to Drew Brees. Uh, keeping an eye on the numbers, Drew Brees up to five hundred and twenty-five touchdown passes in his career. Tom Brady at five thirty, so he is five behind Tom Brady. They are both within striking distance of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning at 539. So Brady probably going to break Peyton Manning's record this year. Drew Brees will probably also break Peyton Manning's record this year. And then it's just going to be which guy can stay on the field longest mm-hmm. will eventually have the all-time passing touchdowns record, which is insane that we were in a time where we watched three separate quarterbacks throw for 500 touchdown passes. It's hard to believe that as good as Brees and Rodgers have been, that they only have one Super Bowl apiece. Yeah, and it makes a, me appreciate what Brady's done even more. That's the unfortunate. Like Drew Brees should have yeah. more than one Super Bowl. That's the unfortunate part. I mean, you got it's arguably the team and the coach. two of the greatest, you know, quarterbacks of all time in Brees and 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 um Rogers and together they got two Super Bowls. Ooh. Oh, by the way, uh Manning has two. By but, himself. But, but and I'm at, talking Eli Manning. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking but, Peyton Manning. You know, Steve Young only had one Super Bowl, one of the greatest quarterbacks yeah. of all time. Brett Favre only won one Super Bowl, one of the greatest mm-hmm. quarterbacks of all time. You know, I mean, it's winning a Super Bowl is really hard, which, to your point, but Nick, they've makes been six the multiple of them even Super more they've been the multiple Super Those guys have been Favre the multiple Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Aaron's only been a one, and Breeze has only been a one. Yeah. Well, Rodgers is coming up on a decade since he won it, and it's hard to believe Brady went a decade. Brady's got six. And yeah. he went a decade between Super Bowls. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. From 04 to 14. That tells you the greatness of Bill the Belichick. New England Patriots and yep. their machine they have. That's all it is, a machine. You either win it or you lose it. This will be the final play of the game. Snap, hold, kick is wide left. And the Chargers have come to Chicago and beat Chicago Bears by a final score of 17 to 16. You don't even need to narrate it. I'll take it from here. Matt Nagy is a stinking idiot because that guy took a knee with a minute left, had a chance to get more yardage, and relied on a field goal. You'd never depend on a kicker in that spot. He deserves to lose. What was he thinking? How can you rip on Vrabel then? What was he thinking? Because he ran a fake fake kick to his punter. Right, I'm just saying, if we're going to count the Cody Parkey 45-yard field goal as like, well, may take the seven-point lead. This, yeah. was, this was a really short field goal. Pinheiro should have made it. No, but it's a minute left in the game, and you can run plays. You and, can actually still t- run. But, and, and they still had timeouts. Exactly. And it's the, that is, yeah, get as close as you humanly can before trying to kick a field <laughs> did goal. You, did you, now, you know Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy's a very mild-mannered guy, right? Uh-huh. Doesn't really ever give hot takes. Tony Dungy eviscerated Matt Nagy <laughs> last night on Football Night in America. It was unbelievably good. You just good. don't purposely move your team back. Like, seriously? Well, yeah, because you take the knee and then exactly. you're going back a couple yards. Exactly. Now, you did he, did he do forward. it more than once? The field goal is pretty short, guys. He should have made the field you, goal. No, with that much time left, you got you got timeouts. Run the ball up the gut or, 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 or quarterback sneak. But you just don't assume – that especially with the history of the you know their kickers yeah. I've had Doink. the last couple of years because because I had I had the, the here. I exactly. had the Titans on the sixty five and I had the red zone on the small TV uh-huh. and they kept cutting into it. I saw him take one knee. Do we know if uh, Trubisky check. took multiple knees? No, he just took one. It knee. was just one. Yeah, okay. one knee. Still, man, yeah, Nagy, you are gonna cost yourself a job, man. This is a forty. It's a forty one yard. Field oh yeah, field. he definitely should make the come kick. On. Oh, he should have made it. I'm not saying he should have shouldn't have made it. And he did call they, a timeout. He, you know, y'all got one job to do, kickers, 
and that's the kick field goals. Yeah. Well, everybody else was working 40, their tails off. There was 43 seconds left. They had one timeout. So, so they, they took one knee and then took a timeout and then kicked a field goal. So that's three straight losses for the Bears, losing to the Raiders, Saints, yeah. and now the Chargers. Now next week they got they the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, wow. Eagles and Lions no coming up next two games. Watch, they're going to beat the Eagles. I got no problem with the uh, Bears losing football games. I, I know I know it's been I know it's been beaten to death and Chicago fans don't want to hear it. But the fact that they took Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick <laughs> Mahomes could go down as one of the biggest mistakes in the history of drafting a quarterback. Yeah. Do they sign you, you not only missed Mariota? on one guy, you missed on two. Do they sign Marcus Mariota in the offseason? Jesus. Somebody's going to sign him. No, yeah, it's too windy for Marcus. He'll yeah, know. you might be right on yeah. that one, too. His arm will look like Philip Rivers in the, in <laughs> like the windy zone. <laughs> God. How do you take Mitch Trubisky over to Sean Watson and Patrick Mahomes? Well, just and like... And you traded up to do it. Yes. You went up from three to two. You whiffed on two on guys, and spot. you moved up to do it. Just like one spot. just like the Portland Trailblazers, Trailblazers Sam, not taking Michael Sam, Jordan. Sam Bowie. Yeah, and, and, Sam you're, Bowie. you're a big college guy. <laughs> Trubisky only was a one-year starter. He started right? one year for North Carolina. They had a great year that year, but no one thought he was an elite player. You pop in the tape of Mahomes and Watson, and you saw two of the best offenses in college football for multiple seasons, so... I don't know. Deshaun Watson was a great player the second he stepped on a field in college football. Deshaun Watson lit up Alabama in back-to-back playoff yeah, appearances. What else, what else, what else do you need you to know? And you took a guy who lit up Duke. I don't know. Did he even light up Duke? I don't even know. I'm just assuming he did. Uh, they, I think they went 11-1 and that year, so it wasn't like they were bad. Was that the year they made the ACC title game? I think game? that's the year they made the ACC championship game and almost beat Clemson in that game. Okay, he lit up Florida State. Okay, there you go. A bad FSU team. Post Jameis Winston. <laughs> I'm going to see if they even played Florida State. Yeah. We, we, we need Mitch Trubisky's stat line, okay. his game logs for his, first, his, his one and only year. Okay. I need to know I got you. I got who, you, dog. Who, who runs the Bears. What's the, what's the GM? Is, the, um, De, is, it, is it Day? No. Night? That's the coach at the No, Pace. Buckeyes. Pace. I think the GM for the Bears is Ryan Pace. Okay. What an atrocious decision. Oh, my goodness. I feel like I'm doing Chicago Sports Talk Radio right yeah, now. The go. Bears. Good. Still got to make the field goal. Kick. <laughs> big finish next. Heart attack. Time for the big finish. We do it each and every day at 945 here on Morning Drive. And Braden Gall, the big finish, brought to you by Nashville SC, Nashville Soccer Club in the Eastern Conference. Semifinals after beating Charleston Battery over the weekend. They got a big one with Indy 11 coming up this weekend. And if you want tickets for the MLS inaugural season next season, NashvilleSC.com is the website. NashvilleSC.com. And we welcome you into a Monday edition of Morning Drive here on ESPN 1025 The Game. What up? What up? What up? It's a good Monday. Tamraham Monday. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's Tamraham. I can't say Tamraham Tuesday because typically we're just out of it. Then we're getting well, LeBron out. copyrighted that. We talked about exactly. Damn it. No, he couldn't. They didn't let Tam- him copyright it. Tamraham no? Tuesday is pretty good, actually. I like Tamraham. Tamraham uh, it's that a, sounds good. It's a Tamrahan Monday. What's the thought process in your fourth corner on your depth chart at the beginning of the year, going up against a top seven receiver in the league? It was this. This was a collection. This was a collective yeah. um, deal here. Everybody had their turn <laughs> at the paddle. Okay, <laughs> Evans did nothing but stand in front of the room and said, "Sims, Ryan." Next. Next. Uh, Malcolm Butler, Next. line up, and I'm gonna give you some shackling. But Byard, so, see, I'm gonna give each one of y'all six hits, <laughs> and that's what he did. Byard, everybody, come yeah. on, everybody, get yeah. their turn. Vaccaro, yeah, Vaccaro, yeah. Lashawn, and it, it didn't matter who they chose to put on Mike Evans. He was unguardable. Yeah.
I'm telling you, my blood started to boil. Like, I felt my body temperature just escalate. Now, like, I don't go to these practices. I don't sit through all these things like these do. These guys do. And they, you know, well, this look showed us this, and we decided to go with that. And, you know, if they execute it, they're brilliant. If they don't get it, they're total morons. But I just don't understand the thought process yesterday. You're up 27-23. Your kicker has already made two field goals. He's two for two. And I get it. Cody Parkey stinks. But on this day, he's been good. The guy hit a 51-yarder. Your running back already he has multiple runs on the day where he's gashed Tampa Bay's defense. He's got 75 yards on the day, but he's also so. had a couple of big plays. So what do you do like on fourth and one? Do you run Derrick Henry up the middle? Do you run him off tackle? You know the Bucks are going to sell out on defense, right? Mm-hmm. You can go play action, bootleg Tannehill out the back, do- little dump off the Ferkser. He decides to run Brett Kern and almost get him decapitated. The decision, I'm not I'm not defending the decision. Again, I wanted to make sure I hear everybody hears me. I don't think it was the right call. The percentages of getting fourth and two when you line up with your offense have to be higher than when you line up and run a fake fake field. It was just a it was just a bad football game, I think, for the Titans. But all that matters is the win. All that matters is the W. You're four and four, you're back in the race, you've got a chance to make a run for the playoffs. All that matters is that the defense held on fourth down when they needed to. All that matters is that, that the Titans offense and Ryan Tannehill went down the field and scored a game winning touchdown when they had to all that's all that matters in the nfl you can play terribly and then you you make one big play and you win the game that's what matters we welcome in our pal Corey curtis from news two you got to go chance to go up seven points and that means you can't lose on a touchdown or if they do go for two you get two chances to win the game by getting a stop mike rabel can be mad at me all he wants that decision just doesn't make any sense and i know you want to be aggressive i know you love the call and you love the look but you know what you love more? A seven-point lead, okay? Because your kicker should be able to hit that kick. That's why you've got him. He should be able to make that kick. You've got to trust him to make that kick. It's okay to take the points. It really is. It's okay to take the points sometimes. Whether or not a bad decision works doesn't make it a good decision. It's a bad decision when it's a bad decision, and it's a bad decision. Late breaking developments in the Twitter sphere, <laughs> actually the text sphere. Oh no, this is private. Yes, this, this was private. uh So Stillman sends me a text right as we go to break. He said, "Tannehill played great. The idea of taking yards per attempt to say he didn't play well <laughs> is ridiculous. Tannehill was legit." To which Braden, you've got thoughts. Go after yeah, your boy. Uh, well, listen here, you human frat paddle. Um, all right. <laughs> Here, here's the deal, Stillman. If you think Ryan Tannehill was absolutely awesome yesterday, you don't know a damn thing about football. That's just the bottom line. Like, you don't know Ryan Tannehill or good quarterbacking from a jar of Vicks. We talk some Tennessee volunteer football as we welcome in Taylor Zarzer, SEC Network. I'd say he's a little loose around the edges in becoming a head coach for the first time in his life. You know, he's never done this at any level of football before. So it's refreshing to have somebody that's this brutally honest about everything. He is an old-school, smash-mouth football guy, and if you told him he couldn't be a football coach anymore, I'm not sure what he would do with his life. I don't don't mean that as a criticism, but I, I think that Jeremy Pruitt was born to be a football coach, and that's about it. But he is. He's, he's very different because I think most of us in life are, are somewhat measured with our comments, depending on how much you press us on an issue we won't don't want to discuss. That's not the case with him. 
instead of doing what I asked him to do and just pour the shot in there, he he gets the bottle, <laughs> and this is a big bottle, and he just pours it in there, and he's not stopping. Like he's, I don't even know how many shots he poured in there because he grabs the handle <laughs> and just starts pouring it in there. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he was like, he's like, man, I gotta make sure it's strong. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, man, look, you don't need that much. Certain people I would let have some like it, they, if they ask sure. for it, I say, you know what, it's here, but put it back. Don't just leave it out for the community. Put it back. You let people drink the Tito's, man? Yeah, I, I had plenty of Tito's this week. I said you let people drink the Tito's. No, no, nobody touches that. Like, much like Bart Simpson, keep uh-huh. your finger off my butterfinger, <laughs> yeah. you keep your mitts off my Tito's. That was the Morning Drive Daily Rewind. It's a part of your big finish each and every day here on Morning Drive at 945. Yes. Tiger Woods, by the way, win number 82 last night. John Morant, 30 man, points. Man, the heck did he – what tournament was that, man? The Zozo. The Zozo. What is that? John Morant, 30 points, game-tying layup last night for Memphis, takes his team to overtime, they win. How about that? Go Grizz. How about Lakers those Lakers? Exactly. How about those Lakers? Dwight Howard, 16 second and 10. Best Absolutely. Te- second best team in their own building. How's that feel, boys? They're still the second best team in the league. Hey, they got the same record as the Clippers too. <laughs> exactly. It's because it's how about the Warriors getting ran out of the gym the second time? Only seventy nine more games Gosh. to go, boys. Seventy nine more to go. <sighs> <laughs> That's it. We're done. Thankfully, Darren Donick and Chase are coming up next. As Arenthal James Simpson once said on Twitter, "I'm just saying, take care." Bailey DJ Nashville, I love you. Murder-